0: Hello, friends. Lee Henson-Hasty here and leading theologically. I'm the Senior Director of Theological Education Funds Development um, at the Presbyterian Foundation. That is a ministry. uh, They do, and we do, and I do on behalf of the Committee on Theological Education. Um, So happy to represent you there and be a part of it. But I'm here with two um, familiar faces to the screen of the church, I hope. And I hope you get to know them better today um, to talk about something close to their heart. Theology of God's Calling, and that is our co-moderators, uh, Siobhan Starling Lewis and Ruth Santana Grace. Um, just so honored to have you here. Um, elected this past June um, that you would even stand, and, and then secondly, to serve um, is so much appreciated. Uh, Siobhan is, uh, serves also as pastor of Memorial Presbyterian Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Looks like you're in your church study today, is that right?
1: I am. I'm in the study. <laughs>
0: advent preparations happening around you
1: deep (laughs) in it very much deep in it calls
0: (laughs) coming in like people giving poinsettias i don't know what's happening how
1: (laughs) did you literally know i I got an email about poinsettias about an hour ago
0: it's kind of crazy yeah Be careful. I, I learned very short side trip here. Poinsettias are not safe for dogs and, and Easter lilies are not safe for cats is what I hear. I don't know if that's really true, <laughs> but uh, you never know what you might learn here on the show. Um, but also so glad to have Ruth Santana Grace. So many leadership roles currently Um, Executive Presbyter and the Presbytery of Philadelphia um, has served on multiple boards throughout the church. Um, what a gift you are. You both are. Um, thanks for being here, Ruth. It looks like you also—you call it a study, an office. What do you say?
2: It's a corner office in the presbytery. <laughs>
0: okay, and I'm glad to see books behind both of you and other other mementos. That's exciting. I bet they all have a story. Um, and we want to get to some of those friends. Um, please let you know, let us know that you're here with us, uh, whether it's on Facebook, LinkedIn, or YouTube. Um, we'd love to know that you're here and uh, what you're thinking. And uh, but we first want to start out um, with uh, getting to know our 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 two guests a little bit more. Um, we're going to post in the in the chat um, where you can really get to know them on their Facebook page at facebook.com/backslash General Assembly moderators or the General Assembly. Um, page, um, also on Facebook, Spirit of the Journal Assembly, Spirit of GA, so um, follow them there. But Siobhan is a, a graduate of St. Leo in psychology and Columbia Theological Seminary in Decatur, Georgia, her MDiv, um, and Ruth, um, a graduate of uh, multiple programs, City University of, of New York, uh, New Rochelle, a bachelor's. Um, she also, Baruch College, a master's in public administration Uh, She can run a city, y'all, and she's sort of doing that. (laughs) They're doing this together, running a church, Um, y'all, Princeton Seminary, MDiv. Um, So thanks thanks so much again for being here. I'm going to start with Siobhan um, with a question we normally ask about your call, and that is a a question that uh, the Reverend Dr. Katie Geneva Cannon asked um, so many, and it's one that I live with too. What is the work? Your soul must have. We're talking about a theology of calling and it'd be a gift for you to share um, a response to this.
1: Well, first of all, thanks again for the invitation, Lee. It is a blessing for us to be able to be with you and to have this time. And I am incredibly grateful for this question from... um, the gift of our ancestor uh, yes. now, Katie Cannon. Um, I, I've been wondering, and I think I hear her question in many corners at different moments in my life, but it feels like the work my soul must have is this liberating space of joy and justice, um, an ability to uh, engage in the spaces mm. I feel called to be at uh, in a way that is as loving and whole and faithful as possible, mm-hmm. uh, living in this space where joy and justice can commingle and interact and challenge each other, um, but that particularly as a, a Black woman, that there isn't a drain uh, to the joy that mm-hmm. I think is just as unhealthy um, as anything else. So I And I find that in the church, I find that in the world, that there's just got to be this balance of faithful justice work that doesn't compromise um, and and mar the soul and gives room for joy to intermingle with it. So that's the work I, I feel called to help co-create those spaces in community. I feel called to celebrate those spaces. Um, I feel called to, to help um, um, just promote them in any way possible.
0: So, that's a beautiful, I, I, I don't think anybody, I've, I've heard a response quite like that. I'm fascinated. There's a place where joy and justice commingle, And I think I know what you're talking about. I can imagine some of those places I'm thinking in my own life. Yeah. Where is a place recently where you've experienced, sort of you've looked around and it sounds like it's a little glimpse of the kingdom of God that you see when you see those places of joy and justice?
1: Yeah. So I was surprised uh, and I shouldn't have been. Um, I didn't know what to expect when we had our uh, moderators conference. We didn't oh. really know what to imagine in that space. Neither one of us, I think, had been to it before. Um, and, so, and we knew that we were going to be inviting folks from around, um, from around the country who genuinely loved the church Uh, To be together, and so in the in the time of worship, and the invitations, we continue to be grateful for the worship leadership. Um, But there is this joy of of celebrating that we're siblings and we're in this Mm. work together. Uh, and there's the caring for the doing of it in a way that promotes God's justice in the world. And so I think when I think about recently when Ruth and I have been together, that was one of the spaces, even in, there's a joy in being in my sister's presence. And it was the first time mm-hmm. we've physically been together uh, since we completed the the, the live moderation pieces. Um, and it. And it also felt just that we were able to share the time in ways that celebrate us and celebrate what God was up to amongst this community of folks that we were going to get to know and support and walk alongside for for that window of time. So, yeah,
0: beautiful. I I heard great things. I got to. Um, it was here in Louisville, Kentucky, so uh, where I make my home, and so I got to spend a little special time with a couple of. Uh, moderators and moderators elect out there is really special. Um, and it's been a few years since that's been live, right? So yes. So that's, that's a beautiful thing for sure. Um, Ruth, uh, Maria out Adam Maria Asasi-Diaz asked a related question about vocation. What is the life story you celebrate today? Um, how would you respond to that? And you, by the way, they did not see these questions until maybe just minute, minutes ago. So... <laughs>
2: You know, I think what brought Siobhan and myself together, because we were strangers, right, Mm -hmm. is this sense of connectivity in our commitment to make right the broken spaces Mm. while bearing light and joy in our hearts. Mm. And um, we didn't know that we had that in common until we knew we had this, that God <laughs> brought us together. So I think my life story, it's its complicated, right? But it is one that has systematically been about making possible what mm. feels impossible. Mm. Bridge building possibilities mm-hmm. between people who otherwise may not have the opportunity for the conversation making possible a relationship, I'm going to use us, that we had no clue. Mm -hmm. Um, And to see when you lean into these spaces, you can create enough generative spirit Mm -hmm. to offset the hard work. That is part of our call, right? Um, So for me, it's this constant, I don't want to sound cliche, bridge building across both politics, theology, race, Mm -hmm. uh, trying not to let fear and anxiety define Mm -hmm. my actions, not Mm -hmm. to let the theology of scarcity um, guide our hopes, right, or limit our hopes, Mm because it doesn't guide our hopes, it limits our hopes. Mm -hmm. So, So that's why, for me, I guess it's, a life story would be this thread of building connections, of helping that light. I call it the light that breaks through in the darkness. Mm There is a light, but I've resisted the image of a white light. Mm -hmm. It's like for me, it's the aurora borealis.
0: Mm, All right.
2: (laughs) That that, that dances and brings color and can't be contained. For me, that's the magic of the gospel, right? The power of the gospel. If mm-hmm. we lean into that. Um so I guess that's how I would frame my life story, because that's a big question, right? I was it's a
0: big question. I,
2: I love the question that Caden Cannon has, right? the I work I and your soul must have it has to be about generating enough joy in mm-hmm. your heart that mm-hmm. allows you to take on and not surrender to all the brokenness in the world.
0: Mm, Right. Well, and just the way you answer that in very different ways, I hear where, yes, there, there's not just a kinship. There is a close kinship. I mean, y'all are like nuclear family, not, (laughs) not, not distant family here. You know,
1: Um, God's ability to gift us with each other is something that I'm incredibly grateful for.
0: Well, and, and, that seems like a real important, um, you know, you hear so many people and we heard it more during the quarantine sort of lockdown, how folks feel alone in the mental health crisis. Is, mm-hmm. uh, it was already there, but only amplified of late. But what I hear and what y'all are saying is to, you, you never feel alone. You didn't say this. I'm, this is what I'm into You're not alone. We're in this together. You know, like, it's not just about kind of, my experience and feeling, but it's others, you know, too. And and Ruth, I know you kept talking about your journey, and and I can almost see your eyes picturing places and people, you know, along that that have, you know, you're not you. Your life story is not about just Ruth, right? It's about Shabon now, right? It's about a lot of other people along that road. Um, At these moderators now, right? I mean, there's there's so many. That are apart. Um, what are some of the have, for you? Have there been uh, particular points in time where that kind of impossibility toward possibility, where that the connection really was made, it wasn't just imagined, that is form was formative for you recently or distantly in the past?
2: Can I share the story of first African? I, oh, I was- sure. So, we're the home of the first Black witness in our denomination. And when I got here nine years ago, I was told that that church would likely close. Mm. You know, you get told lots of things when you're new to a system. (laughs) Anyway, about a year in, I went with our state clerk to meet with the session, and I was deeply moved by people who in that room brought great commitment and faithfulness to serving their community, oh. which is a community in transition with gentrification, threatening coming in. Fast forward with a variety of thinking creatively with Princeton Seminarian students who are not Presbyterian. It was the Association of Black Seminarians um. with money that the Presbytery committed with a commitment of two years of meeting with two churches month after month after month. We have we planted the first black witness with Eustacia Marshall as the pastor. With we committed five and a half million dollars Wow! He told us this wasn't gonna happen. And to see this. It's just remarkable. It's
0: they the name. I know they had a long hyphenated name. What is the? I had Eustacia on the show early on. Um, what? It, I'm trying to remember the name of the church.
2: Well, now it's New River Presbyterian. New River, church. right?
0: New River, yeah. It
2: was, it was originally it was West Pres, West Philadelphia Presbyterian Partnership. Right. We couldn't name it, but that was a story of impossibility.
0: Yeah, and
2: the leaning into it, you know, when we had our 300th anniversary, 1,700 people gathered wow. at Baptist Church on a Saturday.
0: Did you say so, 300th? Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow!
2: People gave up a Saturday, and we raised almost four hundred thousand dollars for ministry in Philadelphia.
0: Wow there is a way out of no way. I mean, it's fine. I mean, and it sounds like, I mean, this was not something instantaneous and getting that gathering together that took work and connections and all of that, but you do the work and trust God and and beautiful things can happen. And I have to tell you, I have watched their worship and I'm not sure if he's still doing it, but Eustacia's son. Have you seen it, Siobhan? I
1: haven't. I have, have to, to see it. To like, I will
0: watch. I would love to. I, I, I am. I, I am. I. I believe that God is calling him into ministry. I mean, he's still in the single digits age-wise, uh, years-wise, <laughs> but he is much older. And the way that he functions, I see that uh, Sarah Colwell from Philadelphia is joining us, Rebecca. Becca Barnes, thanks for being here. Lynn Pauley, Parliament from Jackson, Tennessee. Please let us know if you have uh, questions or uh, that you'd like to, to share. Um, are there stories that are coming to mind for you um, as well where where people kind of hear that call and something, you know, happens? We're talking about a theology calling uh, for you, Siobhan.
1: Yeah, well, and I'm thinking most recently we're in the process of... Um, Still appointing folks to General Assembly. um, All right, uh, and to watch to watch people say yes to Mm. the spaces in which God is doing a new thing in our denomination. um, To watch people say yes uh, to stepping into um, a sense of helping to co-create, but. clearly knowing that the way before us in all of the ways that we're being church is just unknown, mm-hmm. but there are faithful steps we can do to listen to each other. That has been remarkable to see, um, you know, the, the co-moderators for teams come together and to see them to connect with each other across the country with such deep love and care for the church. Um, it's just, it's, it's glorious. It's truly (laughs) glorious. gives you hope.
0: This gives you a little hope. Oh, (laughs) my
1: gosh, yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um,
1: uh, You know, I'm I'm married to a seminarian um, uh, at Union Presbyterian um, uh, uh, here in Charlotte, the Charlotte campus. um, And to watch both my husband and his classmates continue to say yes, semester after semester Mm -hmm. after semester during uh, the pandemic and all the ways that our institutions mm-hmm. are changing. Um, it's just, there is something just holy about watching people say yes. To
0: yeah, that's beautiful. Cause yeah, I mean, it's uh, a lot of people say no. <laughs> I mean, so when you see him say yes, what you reminded me to Francis Taylor, again, you teaches at the Richmond campus. Of, mm-hmm. uh Union Presbyterian, but probably some with the Charlotte, too. Um, yeah. I know they share. You um, said years ago, something that uh, I've always remembered is, when you get a, when, when you need a little hope, just visit a seminary campus. Because you, I guess that's probably why you see those people saying yes, and they're digging in, and they're learning and growing. And yeah, that's... And that's they're nice.
2: open. We, we, we work with seminarians all the time. Their spirits... It, Sometimes I go into meeting with, we do an incubator with seminarians. I go into those meetings thinking, oh Lord, I'm so tired. <laughs> I come out feeling, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. They are open to small churches. They're open to my vocational. They're open to a changing church without this roadmap that Siobhan just spoke about. Right. It's extraordinary the theology of openness mm-hmm. that we've experienced. That's a lot of hope. What,
0: so what do you think? I mean, that seems like, uh, you know, I was just having a conversation with a friend today uh, in discernment and, um, you know, I was really given hope because of openness expressed. You, what do you think facilitates that openness? Because there are people, I'm sure, I mean, I know there's there's struggles finding, sometimes finding folks for general assembly committees and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So, I mean, I know there's some extra technological steps and things like that, but the the kind of spiritual work that has to be done, as I'm talking about, toward that openness. What do you think? How do you get there? You know, how does your husband get there, Shabat? I mean, how do you how do these seminarians you're talking about? How do they, and how do they get there?
1: Well, again? a lot of what I hear is a reflection of what we really name as. Um, the support of communal discernment so mm. it's not just that they see themselves doing this okay. work it is that their loved ones and voices that they trust and and elders in their community and and you know right. those that have been able to see things in them And then articulate that. I mean, that's one of the gifts of community is that we can be in that Johari window for the other that can Mm -hmm. see things in them that they cannot see within themselves and say, no, that's not not there by accident and that it inspires things in other folks. Um, I think that's a huge part of it is that we don't do this work alone and that they have been affirmed and continue to be affirmed by the communities they are a part of that they're called and God has placed them and in the world for such a time as this, and that their unique giftings help to bring about the kingdom of God.
0: I want to push pause here. I want to hear Ruth your response to this too. But I know folks uh, are probably asking, "What does she say, Jahari? What?" Oh, uh, I was introduced to the Jahari window actually, Elizabeth and I together, my wife. Uh, during our premarital counseling, and um, it's been so helpful to us. But folks may not know about that. Could you yeah. just share in, in very in the mail? simply?
1: Absolutely. Um, <laughs> there is this uh, theory, uh, and it's actually two people's names. Um, and I can't remember the I, I know one person's okay. Joe, and the other is Hari. But anyway, um, uh, that says that there's a, a life in many ways in community um, is a four-paned window, and there are things that people know. Uh, about us that we don't know. Uh, there are things that uh, we have in common that we share together. This is, it's really important in relationships to have as much as possible in that open window so that we're both operating with the same information to remove really- <laughs> the conflict. Uh, and there's things that only I know and there's things that only that other person knows. And there's stuff that neither, there's a, a square with neither of us know. Um, right. And uh, as much as we can, uh, know that there's things about you, Lee, that I can see that you may not be able to see. Uh, and that if you trust me, you know more of who you are in the world. And the same is in reverse. If if uh, if Ruth sees things in me and I see things in her, we are better if we communicate what we can see and celebrate for each other.
0: Beautiful. It's really beautiful to think about. Yeah, I think that's helpful. Um, Ruth, are there... How do do, do you become open? Is it a spiritual practice? I mean, what is going on there? You
2: know, the spirit is very powerful and it breaks in whether we want to receive it easily, where people are resistant. So let me say, let's give the spirit its due. But then I do think there's, for right now at this moment, there's probably an intersectionality of this relational covenant. Mm Mm-hmm reality that we need with, I think, for seminarians right now, the institution's pivoting mm. to be more responsive to mm. you know, what does it mean to be seminary trained, but we need community organizing, we need to talk about um, creation care. These focal points that now are being discussed as part of a daily reality, uh, public advocacy, I think is enhancing everything mm-hmm. that Siobhan has already said, which I don't need to repeat about the importance about covenant life and the affirmation of voices that's coming. Just look at the landscape of our seminaries, of what's happening, uh, what has happened, and what will continue to happen in the next year.
0: Right. There's a lot of transition going on, and and they're all looking for students, and a lot what you've just shared is a lot of students have in mind, or people who are thinking that you know they you see someone like I think you'd be great in seminary, and they think I, I don't wanna be standing up in a pulpit, or I don't, you know, but there's a lot of ways to express ordained ministry, you know, you could even be a senator you know, in the U S Senate as an, with an M.D. right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, and, um, clearly both of you also, you know, share that too. And you can even serve as a co-moderator of the general assembly. <laughs> you know, you never know what God may have in store. <laughs> um, that's, that's a real gift. Are there other things? I know we're running out of time, unfortunately, that you'd like to share of things you're working on folks. Uh, mentioned earlier, and hopefully you saw that you can follow the um, the moderators on the two Facebook pages, uh, one Journal Assembly moderators and one Spirit of the GA. But what are some other things you'd like for folks to know about things that you're working on?
2: I think the only thing I would add, given the time, is God is clearly on the move. Mm. Yes. We, we believe that completely of all our being. Otherwise, we would not have <laughs> done what we've done, leaned into this call. So I think for us is to trust that God is on the move. It feels a bit like the cloud and the pillar of fire and it's like, you know, God's there, but you can't see where you're going and you wish the fire would move over in the cloud. Um, But if we could lean into that, if we could encourage people in our Mm -hmm. to understand that, find that little space where God is on the move. And part of that movement um, and seminary education is one important vehicle, mm-hmm. but it's not the only vehicle. Not the
0: only way. Right.
2: So for me, that's just find out where you can join God on this journey. Right.
0: It may be a master's in public administration or an MBA or, you know, social entrepreneurship, or there, there's so many ways. A JD, I'm thinking all our immigrant lawyer. I mean, there's so many ways to live out that call. That's, and I mean, I will say, you know, what I do with the Theologic Education Fund, I'm trying to provide a little manna along the way for those folks who do say yes and make sure mm-hmm. that they're, they're fed you know, and taken care of. And, and our schools are doing the same. Thank yeah. you both for your leadership. Friends, you, some folks may not know, this is not a paid position that these two are serving. They are serving full time <laughs> calls and doing this. So I want to say. <laughs> thank you for your openness. Mm. Thank you for your willingness. I'm going to get choked up. Thank you for saying yes. Mm. You know, thank you for being a witness to what is possible. Mm. Um, and And reminding us that reminder right there that the spirit is not done. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is on the move. I mean, and, Uh, What a gift that is, Uh, friends. I hope you've heard and you'll get to know, follow uh, Ruth and Siobhan um, and the General Assembly and what's going on there. It's 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 exciting, a little scary and a lot exciting. (laughs) Uh, It's like a good adventure or something like that. I'd love to invite you both to share a benediction here in a moment. Um, I also want to thank everyone for being here today or if you're listening later. I'd love for you to subscribe and review our podcast, Leading Theologically, or subscribe to our Facebook page, Theological Education Fund, or YouTube channel. Um, and uh, just after um, the new year, I'll be having on January 11th, uh, the Reverend Doctor now, Frank Spencer, president of our Board of Pensions, to talk about some new initiatives and things there. He also recently finished his doctoral ministry at Union Presbyterian in Charlotte. Um so he may talk to us a little bit about that. Um and love love for folks to come back and join us then. But um thanks again, Ruth and Siobhan and please could you bless us as we go.
1: Yeah. Um, Ruth and I offered this prayer. It's the Oscar Romero prayer at the end of our time. And uh, we're going to share it again in this time and space together. So I'll take a few lines and Ruth will take a few lines and then we'll we'll pray. Amen. It helps now and then to step back and take the long view.
2: The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts. It is even beyond our vision. Mm. We accomplish in our
1: lifetime only a fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's
2: work. Nothing we do is complete, which is another way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. Mm.
1: No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of goals and objectives includes everything. This is what we are about. Mm. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water the seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will neither further that will need further development. We provide yeast. That provides effect far beyond our capabilities. And my sister, I'm gonna add this last little part so you can finish us off.
2: So, we cannot do everything. And, friends, there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. <laughs> this enables us to do something and to do it well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter and do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that, my friends, is the difference between the master builder and the worker. Together, Siobhan, we are workers, not master
1: builders. builders. Ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets prophets of a a future, future, not our own. It is our prayer that unbounded we thrive.
0: Amen, and amen. Um, I'm listening to that and I'm remembering you said Oscar Romero.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I believe he was assassinated on the transfiguration of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So friends, I, am, I pray and give thanks for the transfiguration that is happening mm-hmm. and that you were helped leading us on uh, this day and into the future. Um, may that be And friends, we look forward to seeing you again. Merry Advent and Christmas when you get there. um, We'll look forward to seeing you um, in the new year.
1: Take care.